Hello, everyone. This is Molly from the Casually Molly Podcast, and I just wanted to introduce you to my friends at the Natty Cat. This one is for you cool cats and kittens who can't get enough of wordplay and fur babies. The Natty Cat's natural soy candles feature inventive scent combinations and glass jars with clever kitties on the labels. Hair purred with locally sourced natural soy wax, the Natty Cat's candles woodwicks create a cozy fireside crackling sound, perfect for curling up on the couch. Remember, for all of your candle and scented oil needs, please visit our friends at the Natty Cat either on Facebook or Instagram. Have you ever wanted to get your shit together? Scrap it, look through the lens and capture it. But first world problems are getting you down. Disabled, salty, need an app to fix that frown. <laughs> well, you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. She drops another casual line You're tuned into Casually Molly With Molly and Bergie All right, everybody, welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie. Remember that you can always casually subscribe, whether on audio, video, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just give me some validation. We'll be set. Uh, Yeah, enough about that for right now. I am sitting with one of my good friends, Rashonda Thornton. What what kind of title would you call yourself, Rashonda? Such a great question. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Depends on who's asking, but um, I always just start off letting people know what I do for a living and then yes. just let them know what I do with that. Because um, so if I just consider what's my professional title, I am a dietitian, registered dietitian. But what I do with the profession is, is a whole nother ballgame. So that can be writing, that can be media, that can be speaking, that can be doing a podcast. <laughs> um, it's so many different realms in which I've taken nutrition as a dietitian. So at the end of the day, it's about really helping people to connect to nutrition and healthy living in their life to where it's kind of a harmonious way of living versus this this living of fear, living of anxiety going right. back and forth. So, yeah. Yeah. See, that's why I made her tell you guys because I was like. Great call. Yes. Well, I was like, you know, because I always am like, oh, my friend Rashonda. And I'm like, wait a minute before I even say anything. So, but you have such a way with connecting with people. And I say that. Uh, because how I met you was we met through our mutual friend, Chris Denman. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe you had come to a comedy show one night, one of the many that we do, yes. whether it's in Sophie's or in a barbecue joint or in a venue. And Chris was like, this is Rashonda. She's going to be recording in Midcoast too. She's a dietitian. She's all these things. And I got talking with you and you have, like many people we have on here, you have quite a resume. And I say that as a very complimentary way because you've done TEDx, Gateway Arch, You've written books. You have a podcast. You're on event. I mean, do you ever stop? What's going on? That's what it looks like <laughs> on the outside. It looks like it's so many different things that are juggling. But I, I, I try to tell people this seems like I'm doing a lot. But prior to me in this position where all you're seeing is the back end of it, that's I'm really coasting. I'm really like um, taking it easy because it did so much work in the behind the scenes. Yes. To where what now you do now is just really the easy part. Oh, you know? that's good. To know. Um, <laughs> so when you hear like the book and the TED Talk and like the Fox 2 News and the podcast, you think I'm doing this simultaneously when it's yeah. actually like those are the stair steps that I've done throughout a timeline where none of them really happen simultaneously. But when you look at the resume, you just see them lined up, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's one kind of begets the other. And that's to me is the beauty of like taking what I do as a dietitian to another level. Yes. Well, I, I also loved on your website how you talked about your like, I'm not like your standard dietitian with like <laughs> a coat or like a lab coat or something like that. And I was like, that is so funny. But I feel like, especially in your field where for somebody like me, I remember telling you once, I was like, oh, you know, like 
now, I mean, I'm going to be 30 and I went through, like, I always had really great metabolism and now I've started to obviously catch up or that's not always the same case anymore. Uh-huh. And I was, remember I was like saying like, oh, Rashonda, I got to like cut this out. I got to do this. And like, rather than you like telling me to basically starve myself, you were like, no, like you don't have to do that. Like, what are you talking about? Yes. And just the, like your motivation of being like, you just have to create like a certain like healthy lifestyle for yourself. And like, forgive me if I'm using like the wrong terms, but I, I just remember thinking about that. And that's exactly why I wanted to have you on because I, your words helped me kind of curate that for me. Like I'm starting to be active in the morning. Like I do yoga, even if it's just like 10 minutes, it just fits into my day and it just starts. I mean, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, like yoga isn't for me. And that's fine. Like you can yeah. jog, like whatever. Figure you out what works do. for you. Just that ex- Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I figured out what works for me. And I swear, I feel so much healthier now. And I was like, oh, I have to thank Rashonda for that. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> so that's how you help me yeah. work behind the scenes so that uh-huh. way I can like come out here and chat with people. Yeah. But that's what I wanted to ask you. Let's talk about like how we got to here. Like, Well, you know, um, one thing when you see the, the website and you said the first thing I say is I'm not the typical dietitian is because when you know when someone wants to eat healthy they're not there's so many any so many like preset ways they think they've thought or they 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 feel it's going to be something that's unattainable or they have to you know get themselves equipped to eat a healthy diet exactly it's just a lot and so mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do is break down those barriers of saying I'm not going to come at you with my chart and me telling your calories or t- giving you a list of your diet plan so you can follow. I'm not here to give you a rule book, you mm-hmm. know? So for me to show you that I'm, I'm just like you, I like to find balance. I like to have fun. I, I'm, I laugh. I wear like <laughs> workout clothes. I can wear a t-shirt. I'm on here with a t-shirt and a jacket. Like there you go. <laughs> I using that as a, as a way to connect with people because that's who we all are. So how can I connect with you and show you through my life and through my expression of happiness for me, how can you find it for yourself when it comes to your nutrition? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to your nutrition, it's about helping people, you know, it's kind of like meeting them where they're at and helping them to find what works for them. Yes. And that's key because just like you said, you're fine that you enjoy the yoga, you enjoy uh, doing some of the different activities, but what you find out is you feel better. Yeah. And so you didn't yes. do that because we're trying to say you got to do 30 minutes of yoga on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Right. You're done because you find you like yoga. You kind of like yoga. Yeah. And you got to really figure out what works for you mm-hmm. because that's what's going to give you the happiness. It's going to allow you to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's where I that's where I feel when I'm working with people or talking to people. Like I have to help them to see that you are a part of this puzzle piece. Yeah. So you are a part of what happens to your nutrition, what happens to your exercise, not you just fitting in some preset idea of what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's it. You exactly, and that's why I love you. You just like it completely worded exactly all of my feelings. Like you know, and it's like great to see the weight loss, of course. But it's just amazing how much better I feel as a person. And I know, like, and I say, I know it sounds crazy, but you just said the same thing I just said. Yeah. But it's it's just, you feel so much better about yourself without having to stress out about it, which I think is a fantastic approach. Just because I feel like, at least for people who, you know, are like me, you know, it gets a little scary sometimes because you're just like, oh my gosh, like you're trying to count numbers and they, and I do that already in my day job and everyday uh-huh. life and running, you know, my, my small business here on this podcast and stuff. So like, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, and now I have to worry about my health. Like, why can't this just be easy? And you just make it like, you're like, it's fine. Just go with the flow. Like you said, you're coasting. So it yeah. works out. <laughs> and, I, and I like that you said it because it's about, you know, it's about recognizing when you start making changes, just Think about first, not about, oh, did the scale go down 10 pounds or, oh, did I get back into that size eight or six or whatever number I kept yeah. created in my head that I feel I'm going to be happy in. Mm-hmm. Those are those are surface, tangible feelings of happiness, but they're not real feelings of happiness because it's the idea that if I'm 20, 10 pounds lighter, it's the idea if I'm three sizes down, I'm happy. Right. Yeah. Right. But guess what? That's not enough. But guess what? So many people will be in that position. So just changing your eating habits just to lose that weight or to change the body, change your your size of clothes, that's not enough to get people to where they're learning how to live a healthy life. Yes. So now, like you said, it's about recognize how I feel. How does it make me feel as a person? How does it make me feel waking up in the morning? Do you feel good about just 
taking on the day? Do you feel good at your body? You have gotten a full amount of sleep. Do you feel good at your breathing and you're taking in the moment when you're doing yoga? Do you feel good when you're actually scrambling those eggs and you got some fruit on the side and you yeah. just feel nice and fluffy inside? Mm-hmm. Like those are the components that you want to recognize as to how and why you're changing, not because you're just trying to lose weight. Exactly. And when you do that, it's actually the opposite because you're kind of imploding in a positive way of like that self-care mm-hmm. versus a lot of times when people go on diets or eat healthy, yeah, they're depriving their body, they're miserable, they're not happy, they're waiting till, they, till they're done. Like you're doing the opposite of your health because you're not really feeding your body um, happiness or a healthy food and you're only trying to deprive your body or tell yourself mentally which you can't have and which puts you in a negative mindset. Yeah. So it's actually, it's the opposite. So we do the opposite when we try to jump on diets. We do the opposite of self-care and self-love. So my whole biggest picture is how can we promote self-care and self-love through our nutrition choices? Because when we choose foods that we feel good about, physically feel good about them, we emotionally feel good about them, that's us taking care of ourselves. That's us loving ourselves. Yeah. Well, see, and I'm Italian, so like, being able to cook something like great and fun, like that's why I was like, oh my gosh, like that's exactly what I want to apply in my lifestyle, like and be still healthy, but still like also like love myself and take care of myself. So trust me, I am right there with you. <laughs> um, speaking of loving yourself, yeah, yeah. what is, uh, you know, we were talking about cooking. Is there a special meal that like you just love making for yourself that just makes you feel good? Sure will tell you. <laughs> my favorite and I, I think I have it. And this is where it's like it gets real. Like mm-hmm. people are thinking, oh, she must eat salads every day, all day. Or, you know, yes, right. I love salads. But my favorite meal is actually nachos. Really? Yeah. Well, let me give you my. I don't blame you. you. <laughs> like I love the crunch. I love the salty. But like this is my nachos. So like I'll have like a split bed of like spinach and, and tortilla chips. So it's kind of like a, I got a salad. But then I'll put my lean um, ground turkey or chicken on there season it up with taco seasoning yeah but then i'll put like fresh avocados fresh tomatoes squeeze some lime on it mm-hmm. and i'll sprinkle shredded cheese on it and that combination like that's my idea of nachos yeah right so there's many varieties of nachos but i look forward to that combination but i know like everything i'm putting on my plate nothing's processed you know there's a combination of crunchies crunchy salty there's flavor um, I got all the nutrients sitting on that one plate. So I feel good about eating it. And I feel good once I've eaten it. So that's a big difference. So then I can say, yeah, I love nachos. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, it's, no food is, should be labeled bad or even good. Yeah. Because that's when we start putting these limitations and then we call it bad and we decide to eat it because we can help ourselves and we feel bad. I mean, just right. it's this whole like cycle of just this negative yeah yeah, negative conversations and just it creates negative energy so what i just done is i found a food that typically are people to say oh you eat nachos but i create in a more fulfilling healthy way Mm -hmm. to where i enjoy looking towards it i don't feel bad about having it so sometimes it's just about changing the dish a little bit to where you're you're bringing you're not taking away stuff you're actually adding stuff you're Mm -hmm. adding nutrients adding fresh food yes adding fresh ingredients so sometimes we think, oh, I got to take, take, take. No, how about we're just adding something different? Yes. I See, I like it. Just changing it up. So that's the story of my life. I just got to change it up all the time. So might as well put that in my diet. Yep. I can't wait. <laughs> but I am. No, I like I said, I just love the positive outlook that you have for it, which I have you always just been a positive person? Like, was this just... Like, did you just wake up when you were younger every day and be like, I just want to be a dietitian and make people feel good about themselves? I, <laughs> I, I actually asked myself that question, like, why am I, like, so, like, passionate about Like, it lights my fire every day I'm talking to a person. Mm-hmm. It lights my fire every day I'm talking to groups of people and creating stuff. And I, I asked myself, what is it? Like, why are you so just fired up with this? Like, did you grow up happy? I mean, I can't say I grew up uberly happy, but I didn't grow up unhappy right you know yeah um just being a dietitian was not something that i that wasn't my first career path Mm -hmm. i'm actually switched careers and became a dietitian about 12 years ago so prior to that i um i got my first degree in biology and i worked in the laboratory i worked in genetics science i I was wearing a lab i was gonna say you were in the lab i really was but i found that it's like one of those moments where you just had this moment where you're working and then you just pause you think do I see myself doing this for the rest of my life? And I found that I don't. I didn't. So I started seeking another profession. And it's a keep the short story short. I found a profession of dietetics, and then I recognized the 
the array of different areas in which a dietitian can work in. Because most dietitians you hear about, they're in the hospital. Yeah. Or they're in food service, which are great fields. It's yes. needed fields. Mm-hmm. But I decided as a dietitian, I want to be like in preventive health. I want to be in front of people. I don't want, I don't want to talk to a person once they're in a the hospital. I want to right. give them the tools and give them ways to live a healthy, long life so they don't have to be in the hospital. And so that's really how I created, I decided to create my own private practice. And that's how the development of my nutrition company called Better Vessel came about. Right. And then that's how it happened. Yes. Then I, as a dietitian, I realized, you know, you're taught in a profession you know, as far as dietitians, like, Understanding nutrients, understanding, you know, what are good calories, well, how to bring in the right calories that your body needs. Like, we know all those numbers. So we know the numbers. Yes. <laughs> but I know just me giving you numbers is not going to help you change. Sure. I got to give you something more applicable, like how can you apply these acts to your, to your life and take away the fact you got to count a number. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's how I found myself as a dietitian, like finding a new way to approach nutrition and a way to help people to really, like, embedded into a life where they don't have to live by our number system, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, but see, I love that. I love that you also just started your own. You were just like, you know what? I'm going to pave, like, especially when you transfer fields, like sometimes you're like, oh, well, you know, should I, for some people they're like, should I just go, like, like you said, to like a hospital here, which is again, great needed fields. But mm-hmm. I, I love the idea that you made it your own and you you curated your own kind of leadership for it, which I wanted to ask, like, how did you come up with the name of it too? Better Vessel? Yeah. Well, um, so I'm a woman of God. And so mm-hmm. in the Bible, there's a verse in the Bible that says, um, our body is our vessel. How can we better honor God by bettering, it, bettering our vessel? Mm-hmm. And so I just attached vessel. And I just attach better belts. It just flow well. But it's the whole premise of your better belts is like you want to make a better vessel, a better, your body, your health, your body physically, your vessel. And how I can use a way of making a better vessel is making sure I'm bringing in the healthy food. That's my way. There's other ways to make a better vessel, right? Yes. Spiritual, emotional, all this stuff like that. But I use nutrition as my vehicle to help people to better themselves. Mm-hmm. Because if I can help you, if I can help better your life by embettering your nutrition, which connects to your emotional mindset, connects to your body's ability just to heal and repair and build. If I can help you better yourself in that realm, everything that we've learned, because I work a lot with mindset and perspective change, mm-hmm. you can apply that. You become more confident because you feel better. You're a better vessel. But then you apply that to be a better mom, a better sister, a better caregiver. Yes. You become a full, better vessel. Mm-hmm. So nutrition is my little crack that I found that I can help people to find its other components of how they can better their life and better their health. So that's where Better Vessel comes from. That's I was just always curious because I like the idea of it. I was like, there's some cohesive meaning to it. And I just have to ask her one day. So I just had to pull you on my podcast and put a <laughs> mic up on you. I couldn't just ask you regularly, you but go. I love it. No, I, I think that's great because you are somebody where I know you love, you know, reaching out to people and helping people, which I think is great that you have Better Vessel because that way you're able to do that. And, you know, you have all these different mediums that you do that with. You have a book, you do TV appearances, you have a podcast. Is there maybe a preferred medium? Do you just kind of like, where where do we go from here? You know, <laughs> you know I find that I like being multidimensional. Yes. Um, because at the end of the day, it's all about influence. Mm-hmm. So I can use different platforms to create influence. It's what's going to create the change. Yes. You know, but also having different platforms gives your ability to expand in more multiple levels simultaneously. So if someone is a podcast listener or their Instagram scroller or if yeah. they're a Facebook person or if they like to watch the news on TV, you know, or they like to read books, guess what? I'm in every single portion of it so I can affect change in these multiple ways Mm -hmm. and so I really think because of that I like being able to work in all realms of it Um, and at the end of the day it's all about my just trying to find a way to create I'm only one person I'm only do so much but if I can create these (laughs) other ways to let things duplicate on its own then that's I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying, like, especially with the technology that we have offered today, you know, in the pandemic right now, it's kind of hard to do like maybe like one-on-one consultations in person. You know, now we're finally even just sitting here in the, you know, finally, yeah, yeah getting into the studio. So what I just kind of wanted to ask you is when during the pandemic, I, cause you know, I was recording stuff with people, obviously virtually mm-hmm. still am. And then obviously we're here locally in St. Louis, but I loved the 
platform you were using when you were using your podcast and you had um, not a platform, but just kind of like a discussion group. Panel, yeah. yeah a panel. Thank you. Yep. This is why I need Rashonda. <laughs> I need a thesaurus. But um, the, uh, a panel of people. And, you know, you covered so many topics too outside even of being a dietitian. Mm-hmm. And I believe that one of them was... Um, Oh gosh, it was like, maybe it was self-care, but you had a great panel of people. How has it been working with people just virtually and connecting with them? Yeah, so as, as an entrepreneur, you gotta find ways to stay in front, yeah. especially when you're getting blindsided and we really got blindsided. Mm-hmm. And so obviously I do one-on-one individual nutrition consultations sure. uh, in person and obviously that changed, but it opened up another pathway to where I'm virtually working with people. So I built even another part of my practice is the virtual service that I provide. And I provide the same type of connection with people across the state now. Yeah. Not a big deal. So with the panel part, that's, that's the thing. Like once you build a platform, like it's not always like I use my, I use nutrition as my gateway sure. for a larger change. So if I create a platform where I have other experts and specialties talking about a particular topic that I may not be familiar with, I'm bringing my audience into the conversation and I'm learning at the same time that they're learning. So I'm giving them something, you know, outside of just nutrition, but a part of your health is mental health. It's emotional health. That's mental health. You're dealing with your children, how they're affected by COVID. It's like, especially now, it's so many different things that are affected. We don't recognize it, that the dynamic of it, because we just see our, our struggle. We don't know that the food system is getting broken down all the way from the farmers to the distribution centers to the restaurants because there's so many gaps. Like we don't we don't recognize all the different pieces that are falling apart. Mm-hmm. But the goal is for some of those conversations that to create awareness and to help us to kind of see outside of our own issues and see the different things that's happening around us. But at the same time, we're learning and we're able to grow. And so that was the purpose. It was called the Weekly Well, well Weekly Wellness Coalition Panel. Yes. And each week I had a panel of guests. And I got guests from Canada, from New Jersey. I mean, they weren't even in St. Louis, really. Yeah. And that was the beauty of it with, again, the podcast and technology. Yes. I was able to expand those conversations to people across parts of the country yes. and not relegate to just St. Louis. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just think it's, again, once you find, like, if I'm just trying, if I want people to be happy, my expertise in nutrition if I bring other people on with me and they have other expertise to help people to be happy, I want them to be a part of it. Yeah. You know? Yes. Well, I just like the fact that all those, because I was like, I swear I watched because I just couldn't remember the name, but I felt like every panel you had worked hand in hand with what you did. Because at the end of the day, it's just like what we talked about earlier is that you are trying to create like a healthy lifestyle, especially during the pandemic. I'm sure that was like kind of a hard transition for people. Even just like at a smaller scale, I felt like it was a harder transition for me. And it's a it's a weird thing to think about all the steps that go into food processing and making things. And then also the wellness with like your mental health and how things have been working. But how have, uh, I was about to say, you did that as well, but have you done... I know you have the, why don't you actually tell us before we get into my next question about the book that you have? I'm so glad you yeah. asked that question because <laughs> I will tell you, Derek, actually, I got a new project coming about. So okay. just to give that some people's premise. <laughs> yeah. So if you were able to, if anyone who's out there watching, uh, I did a TED talk uh, last year uh, in May called Winning the Food Fight. So take a moment, 17 minutes, go on YouTube, look it's it up. Good. It's I've worth listening it. to. <laughs> and so that actually gives you premise of why I'm called a dietitian against diets because it comes from the, from the TED Talk. But the point of what I'm trying to say is that I have a book that's very similar called Play to Win, The Food Fight. So think about just the idea of play to win. Anytime you're in a marriage or a sport, you're parenting, you're at a job, you're in it to win. So when it comes to play to win, the food fight, my book is built off tools on how to apply our, our actions to certain scenarios that we face when it comes to healthy eating. Mm-hmm. So we're planning to win now, not just going back and forth in this yo-yo. And so the food fight, play to win the food fight, is food fights to play off the word food fight, but we actually feel like we're fighting. We have an adver- adversary relationship with food all the time. We feel anxiety, we feel victimized, we feel in- less powerful when it comes to food. So we literally fight food. So in the book, and what you find is that you're finding ways to overcome your struggles and your obstacles. You deal with emotion with food, but you find that it's really not a fight against food. It's a fight against yourself. Food is just what, food is what we fight with. 
But it's underlying the reason as to why we do the same thing over and over again. That's not really about the food. So you realize through the book is how to how to fight against your own personal struggles that you have put food in as a placeholder. Yeah. So that's what the book is about. Now, because I know that when people read it, it's not a novel. It's not like chapter one leads to chapter two. Oh. It's actually you, each chapter has its own independent like way of addressing things, which makes it great because people can look back and forth as this like, like their self-help book. That's what I call it. Yeah. So I know it could be complicated when you first read it because you're like, this is, doesn't, you know, you'll figure it out. But you, if you go into a thing, it's going to be like a book, a chapter that begets another chapter. It's going to make you feel like there's a lot of missing pieces. There's no connection. Sure. So that's why I actually have right now have a virtual called the playbook a virtual uh, playbook which is the workshop that i'm doing um based off the book play to win your food fight oh, and so okay. i i partnered with a company here in st louis and we're building um a four-part series that people we only have 10 people that are gonna they're able to sign up for the first one and it's going to be on purpose because i want to create a small community of people and each week we go through to each get a book and they all get their own swag along with some coupons and things from the other company Ooh. but they get each week we dig into each part of the book. And so we build, it's a workshop, so we work work through it and we learn how to apply it to our own lives. And the goal is for them to feel, we become more successful in their fight to win the food fight. But having it only attend people keeps it intimate, keeps these conversations like to ourselves, build that small community within. It really is for people that really want to start making change to stop the yo-yo effect. Yes. So that's my uh, workshop that I have coming out. Actually, it'll be out, well, I'm not sure when the podcast will be out, but... Uh, <laughs> The, late line, the deadline to uh, apply for it would be the beginning of November, November 2nd. So you'll see the marketing for it or whatnot, but it's an opportunity for people to, to come together and learn how to use the book. Yes, that's what, well, it comes out next week. So don't okay, worry, great. we'll make sure that we got some people sign up. Yep. Anybody that's watching or listening, Rashonda's great. I vouched for her, obviously, casually vouching for Rashonda. <laughs> so it's all good. I appreciate it. Oh, but no, like I said, I just think you were just like such a smart person. Like, and that's what I like just love about you, which I'm sure like you're, you're a mom, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Am. Yes. You're like, yes, I am. And you know, you have your, how old is your son now? Oh boy. He is. He just last week was his birthday. Oh, he happy turned, birthday. Yes. <laughs> Would you believe it? He turned 18. I have a senior in high school. Oh my God. Yeah. He turned 18 last week. Oh my How do you feel? It's, you know, it's actually, uh, I'm proud. I'm very proud of him. Um, and I feel like, you know, this is the last year of this could be the last time in June that we do this last time in July. Like you start facing your last towards the end of your child's senior year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with the given pandemic, we were kind of stuck together. Yeah. Like March. So we actually had a lot of time to spend with each other. I, I use that as my like silver lining in this pandemic because I was able to spend more one-on-one time with him to where, because I know this time next year, He's going to be doing his own thing. Yeah. You know, which I'm very, it's a part of, of life. Of course. Yeah. You know, I'm going to cry. <laughs> uh, but I'm also going to be happy and proud of him because I know he is in a position to be quite successful. Yeah. He's a young man. So. No, good for him. Well, shout out to him. What's yeah. his name? John Edwards. John Edwards. Happy birthday. <laughs> Get it. This is going to be great. Well, Enjoy I was. Enjoy your 18 years. You're, yeah. Like, seriously, if I, I, you know, I think not that I'm like old, but I'm going to be 30, right? In November. It's like, not that, and everybody's like, it's fine. Like, it's, you know, like nothing changes, but I just think about like being 18 and I was thinking about all the worries I had and all this stuff. And I'm like, ew, why did I ever feel that way? I, and I'm sure that keeps, you know, you keep reflecting like that as you get older, but yeah. enough about me and like my self-reflection. <laughs> I, but I, you know, just like had my moment here, but why I wanted to bring that up is, you know, how does, do you, do you guys like kind of curate that lifestyle together while you're. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, and this is why I tell parents and like, that's why I'm all about balance. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, I have an event coming out uh, next, next month as well called cooking and cocktails. Ooh. And be here at the studio actually with um, teaming up with Dearburst and Barkeep. And so we're making a nice healthy meal and having a cocktail on the side and that's the whole point like living is finding that balance so Mm -hmm. when it comes to me as a dietitian I bring in that balance because it's not always black and white you got to find you you want to enjoy food and not feel like something is good or something is bad right so we bring these things together to where you have a nice clean healthy yummy meal and have a nice drink on the side Mm -hmm. we can we can do that right so when it comes to balancing the household my son I mean he I mean he grew up eating clean healthy food so he honestly, he eats pretty clean. Now, he's a teenager, so hey, you want to get your Emo's pizza on a Friday night? Go get your Emo's pizza. Yes. But during the week, we're eating salads. We're eating fruits and vegetables. We're eating like 
you know, lean meats, that's his norm. But as a child, I say, hey, go grab a pizza or go get some chicken from chicken from Chick-fil-A or something like yeah. that. So he knows how to live both lives. And I think yes. it's important as children because you don't want kids to have a negative relationship with food. You want to help them to, they're going to automatically like this stuff because they're just bombarded with it just as marketing and oh, things like that. Sure. But you also want to understand the value of finding that balance and making sure that Salads are important. Fruits are important because they're going to become adults like we are. Yes. You know? And so, mm-hmm. like, he actually, I mean, I don't know. You got to ask him how he really feels about it. But uh, <laughs> I feel like I give him pretty good balancing. He doesn't really struggle. John, you can just leave all your thoughts in the comments. It's okay. <laughs> know who's cooking, know who's paying for your food. Just remember that. <laughs> no, but it's it's great. Um, he, he does have a good foundation. And, good. you know, I I have confidence that he'll at least retain half of it when he goes to college and oh. he'll come back full circle once he gets a little bit older. Oh, absolutely. He has to come back for those nachos. So. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. He loves those nachos too, so Exactly. Yeah. I was about to say, you probably, like, that's what I'm saying, having you as a mom, he's probably learned all these, like, cool meals and stuff. And he that. likes to make meals sometimes. Yeah, I was about to say, know? does he have a favorite? Well, I'll say, or hey, is it all of it? <laughs> I know, but he's pretty, not really picky, but I'll say, hey, go to Pinterest, find a recipe. I just let him go on Pinterest. He finds a recipe and whatever is on that recipe, I want, I like to empower him. So we'll go get the ingredients together and he'll cook the meal. And he's so proud of it. And, Good for him. And it's like, as, again, as a parent, like you want to teach kids to like let them make choice and let them make decisions and give them that freedom. And then you you probably find it they're pretty good about Because you think about the generation now, even though they we are the generation where we've been kind of bombarded with fast food restaurants. And unfortunately, research has shown the health impact when we sure. eat those foods. So this younger generation, they are more open-minded to, you know, having a more vegetable plant-based diet or, you know, reading food labels or, you know, having a healthier lifestyle. So they're actually a little bit more open to it, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, considering that and his age and him being around me, you know, I just do my best to just let him make his choice because I want him to make his own choices and hopefully if yeah. I educate him enough, influence him enough, like I do everyone else, influence, <laughs> yes. he'll, feel, he'll find out what works for him. Oh, I love that. I and mean, I love he's just got like a front row seat to the better vessel. This yeah. is great. <laughs> Hope he can say this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's probably going to laugh if he listens to this. So it's okay. But, yeah. um, you know, it's interesting you brought up the fast food industry too, because it is so easy. And like, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Like it is easy just to like drive through a jack in the box and get like, some tacos. They're only a dollar a piece. And Mm -hmm. I watched something on Netflix and, oh my gosh, I forget. See, I'm really not doing well with my names and series today. But I, uh, it was like something like a hundred, not a hundred questions, but it was like some kind of trivia series. And one of them was on fast food. It's super interesting. I'll message you when I get home and I'll tell you what it is. Okay. But I thought of you because they talked about fast food and its popularity and just how it grew from like McDonald's and KFC and Burger King. And there's some like islands and stuff that just won't allow it. Like Mm -hmm. they're like, nope, like you can't come into our industry. But then I think it was NASA that paid for Pizza Hut to like have it. Come fly it and go in space or something. I I can't remember that, yeah. Yes, it was like the craziest thing. And then there was a KFC in Japan and like the lines and stuff are so long to it. So there is like such a fascination to it as well. I mean, and it does taste good. Like I'm not gonna pretend like that's not a Mm -hmm. thing. But what I wanted to kind of ask you is what are your thoughts on that? Like, is there a balance with that, I guess? Or I don't know. Well, I think when it comes to the American reasons of doing it, it's because they they find that they can manipulate the, the society's tongue by giving them foods that are higher in sodium, higher in fats, higher in sugar, and that becomes, it makes it more desirable and people sure. come back for more. So if for, for, for Western civilization, it makes it more of a money thing. Yeah. For other countries, they're just influenced by the American idea. Yeah. And so like, if you're in Japan and you're eating a chicken or whatever, you have to, you don't, they don't eat fried, they don't, they don't eat the type <laughs> of food. So they're really doing it because that's the American dream or the American sure. way. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, um, they're adapting to those types of foods. It's causing those same health um, conditions, you know? So I feel like it depends on, you know, obviously it's an influence from Americans, but when it comes to America, it's, to me, it's more for monetary reasons. Sure. So when it comes to now, I really feel like, I really would give heads up to a lot of companies because we as people are kind of forcing the industry to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you have 
you know, there's like every, almost every fast food restaurant they have out there, they have something that's legitimately pretty healthy. The only yeah. problem is that you have that choice, but then you're surrounded by these other choices. So it yes. comes to that person deciding, am I going to get the salad and the apple slices or am I going to go ahead and get that quarter pound of burger with the fries? Yeah. Right? And so it's still, the temptation is still there. But they are trying to find ways to kind of give people more options and educate them too because they now they have to where they have to list. It's kind of a mandate where they have to list calories and things like that. So it makes people at least think about their choices mm-hmm. um, to where they're just not blindly just going in. So I feel like it's some of the responsibilities, well, a lot of responsibilities on them because they are the ones that have influence us sure. as consumers. But now we have so much, we have so much information where we can Google something and figure it out. We, want. <laughs> right. you know, we don't have to wait until a newspaper, wait until it's an encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. We can figure it out real time. So another part of it is us taking the time to educate ourselves so we can make informed decisions and not just fall into what's convenient, what's cheap, what's sweet, yeah, what's salty, like those reasons is what's guiding us to, to unhealthy lifestyle. So we can now we have the ability to think about those choices now and decide, you know, sometimes it, to me, eating healthy is not untasty. It's right. not like I'm not I don't miss out on a fast food burger by me right. choosing to make a homemade wrap. I sure. promise I don't miss out. But people don't think that way. They think that they are missing out. They don't get that that burger. They don't get yeah. the chicken basket. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because they're ca- they're caught up to they're caught on the taste of it, the the the, the short term benefits of it's just tasting good, versus what's more valuable is is this good for my body? How I'm gonna feel after I eat it? Am I gonna feel sluggish and heavy, or you know, am I gonna feel light and feel like like I can move the rest of the day? Yes. You know, or how I'm gonna feel about myself once I've eaten all that food? Like we have to start thinking about those things in lieu of our choices versus just going for it because it smells good. Right. Yes. Oh, 100%. Because there's always like people, especially too, will bring up there's a, this was a long time ago when this guy came out with that documentary was Super Size Me. Mm -hmm. And I had like mixed feelings about it because I was like, well, would anybody like eat a bunch of that like every Every day day for that. Like I was like, is this like a real experiment? And I wasn't saying that because I don't think it's impossible for that to happen. But I was just like, I don't extreme. That's what I mean. Like, cause like, and I hate to be like, but you're like a dietitian, and like, you know what you're talking about. But like, (laughs) I was just like, is this, I don't know, but who knows? Maybe he had some experience as I saw it when I was much younger. So I I don't really remember it as much. I think it just shows, I mean, for those who haven't seen it, it's basically about this guy went on this whole like year of, of eating just nothing every day he ate a mcdonald's for breakfast lunch and it was all like super size yeah and so the and so the idea was just like to show just the impact of constantly having fast food and how it affects your weight how it affects your health this is energy like everything's just start to decline he did do it to extreme but it just gives perspective on understanding like when we let ourselves depend on those types of foods for our fueling it may not be that immediate change but it's spread out over seven or eight years. It's still going to create the same end result. Mm-hmm. But also, it's influenced the next generation. So if we're the parents driving through, picking up some nuggets and french fries, guess what? We're getting our kids that because it's a happy meal. Yeah. All about the marketing. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be happy to eat this meal. <laughs> happy meal, right? <laughs> and so there you go. You got a little toy in there. And, you know. So like that, that's their way of getting in there to work. Now, they got another generation there to influence at a young age. So these kids can grow up wanting nothing but McDonald's fries. Sure. They're going to want nothing but those because they're, their tongue is already adapted to that flavor from day one. Mm-hmm. So now parents are struggling between eating f- vegetables or eating fries and they're going to always lose because they grew up with the fries. So just I just I look at it deeper than just that immediate um, uh, project or research project, but it just it just showed you the implications of how the consistency of eating these food is just not good for your health. Sure, yeah. But again, I think it also indirectly affects the next generation because if you eat that way, you're going to feed your kids that way. Yes. Oh, I agree. Yeah. No, see, and you just have such a lovely, I know I've been saying this like five times on the podcast, but you just have such a nice way of phrasing things. I'm like, oh, it's like you phrase things exactly how I want in my brain, but I can never like put it on paper or say it. Yeah. What is one thing I want to say? Yeah. Real no, quick. please do. So like just, this is, okay, just think of the, the, the facade of fast food. Okay. So if you go down any major road, you got at least seven or eight fast food restaurants on each side. Right. So guess what? It's creating the idea that, your life is so busy, you don't have any time, we're here to solve that problem. So instead of you going to cook a meal, 
just give five dollars in five minutes you have a meal because you're so busy and so it creates this idea that if you're surrounded by this these these restaurants that satisfies the need of sh- having something short and quick you're gonna think that your life you don't have time in life yeah so guess what you do if you get off work late 30 minutes late you're tired you don't have time to eat drive through right mm-hmm. are you laying and watching the tv show you don't really feel like getting up i'm gonna order it it's to me so like it's the idea that you don't have time when you, really the reality is that it doesn't take that a long amount of time to cook a healthy meal. You know, like, it'll be, okay, give an example. There's McDonald's that used to be by my house. Every morning I would see 15 cars wrapped around so I can get a coffee and an Egg McMuffin or whatever. Mm-hmm. They wait 10 minutes to get this coffee Egg McMuffin. Do you know I can create that same Egg McToast with, you know, <laughs> let's say a healthier meat and some you know, real food yes. in like seven minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's just the idea that we don't have time when you actually do have time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that's why I'm not a big fan of like the whole fast food restaurant because if, if it makes it so easy for you, it enables you to make a choice that's healthy for you or get you in the mindset that, that where you're feeling, this, oh, this is the answer because I don't have time. Mm-hmm. When honestly, you do, you just have to make time. But if it works your health, it's worth the long run of you wanting to live a healthy, happy life, you're going to make that time, mm-hmm. you know? So that's my whole theory on fast food restaurants. No, I, I'm always a curious talking to like an actual dietitian about it just because it is something that is talked a lot, especially in the American culture. And like something, it's amazing that you talked about like making time for it because, you know, you, you know me, I'm a pretty busy person. I got my day job. I do comedy. I'm writing plays. I do this podcast. Go girl. Yeah. You know, go, you know, like just trying to keep up with Rashonda, oh, you know, okay. just bettering my vessel. Okay. <laughs> so it. don't worry about it. But like, as you're like, here's the thing though, like it is hard to curate yourself and like, you know, I, I feel like sometimes this pressure to like be somebody and like not in the, not that I'm a nobody, you know what I mean? But you know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to like better myself. And sometimes when you're trying to better yourself so much, you get caught up in like all these different things that you're really not making the time to better yourself as a human. And that was like one of the things that I would always say to myself. I was like, oh, you know, I don't have time. I just got to go through a drive-thru. But then you're like stuck in the drive-thru for the longest time. So I'm like, well, this is dumb. I'm not saving any time because I'm sitting here when I could be sitting at home. But then what's great is that like, like even now, like I'll be able to go home because I prepped everything. Like Tupperware is key, man. Like I just make everything and put everything in the oven super quick. And it's not difficult. You just put on the fish to 375 degrees. And then you take it out. Yeah, exactly. Put a little chili powder on it to like spite, you know, spice up my life a little bit. (laughs) And then, but it's like, now it's going to be there when I get home. And you just forget like, oh, I am... Like you, sometimes you feel like you're not capable of it, but you really are. You are capable of making that time. And that when I get home, I'm not going to, it's going to fit into my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel good when I eat it. Exactly. I'll probably do some yoga, like go. do some promo for our episode. But you know what? <laughs> you're in such a good headspace that I don't, and it's the craziest thing that like, just even a simple piece of fish just puts me in a good headspace. And I, yeah. it's just nuts. It's your body's nutrients. Yeah. But you know what? I, the thing is that people say, oh, that just sounds great. But hmm, I don't know how to fit it in my life. But they feel like they have to do, ex- do check every box to feel that they've done something yeah. good. When it's really more so about just simplify. It's the thing, this thing called healthy eating is so simple and we have to figure out how can we make it simple in our lives. So that, let's say you do like a fast food restaurant. You make Which that. I do. Yeah. Okay. You know, <laughs> instead of going three times a week to make it where it's your first go-to, just go once a week. So we do have that off day where you don't have to, you're not cooking or whatever. Exactly. But then you just, you may have one of those Wednesday nights where your favorite show is on. You just got an extra 45 minutes. Use that time to make a meal that can actually last a couple of days. Yes. Use that time to cut up those vegetables or to bring a salad together. Like it's, it's about finding those pot or making those pockets, but also finding like a balance where no one, no one may, someone may not want to eat something healthy by its, um, the quotations sure. every single night. Yes. So guess what? On the weekends, have a couple of meals where you eat out. Yeah. But then on Sunday, prepare for that week, you mm-hmm. know? And then, like, okay, there's a Wednesday in there somewhere. Oh, it's a little bit slow. Okay, make you a fun meal with Pinterest. You got time. Yes. But you, the thing is that you're preparing. You find a way to kind of work it within your life to mm-hmm. where it's not 
one extreme to the other. Right. And that's what it's all, it's back to the balance piece. Yeah, that's why I was, uh, that is exactly, because I felt like, and I think the reason why, again, why I wanted to like take everything you said and put it actually into action was because there was like, I was either on one extreme where it was just too much and I was getting like too thin or the other like thing was, you know, I was just, it was just too much going through the drive-thru and I was like, how can I just like make this fun for Molly? Like what, <laughs> like how do I do this? And it's just, you know, it's hard to, because again, like when you have responsibilities and stuff, and I'm not ignoring that either. Like I'm also, you know, a single female, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Like I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm in a position to be able to kind of like do all this stuff a little little bit bit differently, you know? Uh And I'm not saying that you can't when you have all of those things, but I get it. And I'm sure there's people that are listening like, oh yeah, well, Molly, like you've got the time to like self-reflect and do all these things, which like yoga yoga in the morning, like I have a kid to feed. Like I totally, I get it. So that's what I kind of wanted to ask you too. Like for people who do like, for people who are on the go, what's the best advice that you can give to them that have responsibilities and work, especially during the pandemic, like we're, you know, we're all trying to figure out where we're at. What would you tell them? What would, how do, how do we better our vessel? Yeah. And you know what, this is a, this is a new like territory, Mm -hmm. you know, and I actually been doing, I do a lot of virtual talks now to employees (laughs) that work for larger companies, but they're hiring me to come in and talk to these employees that are all remote. Yeah. Right. And so we're trying to how to, I call it your new, like, this is your new, your new work at home. Like, how are you going to be able to juggle having kids that are in school? You have to find some way to get their Zoom calls and their learning. Oh, but now you have to work and put in eight hours. Oh, but now you have to be a parent and cook food. Like, okay, right. something has to give. Yes. And the first thing that gives is the food because we're going to call something in. We're going to pull something out of the freezer and put it in the microwave. Like, like, that's the first thing that falls apart. And so, like, my way of helping people to try to kind of at least create a new norm within their new situation mm-hmm. is, is really, first of all, help them to realize that right now, you know, you're trying to put the pieces together. So give it yourself a little bit of grace and just allow yourself to kind of get through this to where you're not letting yourself get overwhelmed by trying to do everything the same exact way you did before mm-hmm. the pandemic. Right. You know, if your kid's late for their Zoom call, okay, they're yeah. going to be late for their Zoom call. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, or if you're, you know, create opportunities to where you use, use, use time to cook as a family time to where you're collaborating things with, things with your family along with for your health for yourself. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to just do it all separated. So yes. Find time to, over, to overlap them because your time is kind of limited right now. But you also want to think about what are you what what are you set example for your kids by being erratic in your choices because you're trying to figure too many different things out. They see all of that. Yes. You know, so all kids see is that they have more time with mom and dad. Sometimes they may feel too much time, but they don't see the the, the moving pieces that we see as adults. All you know is mom is so, all of a sudden she doesn't really want to talk. She's a little bit has more, you know, antsy or she's a little short tempered. They see that part. So when it comes to a parent trying to work and have kids, raise kids, I tell them this. At nighttime, when you decide to cook dinner, same thing, double up your dinner. Already put in a, in a compartmental container, put in a refrigerator for lunch for yourself and lunch for your kids. So when it's lunchtime at work, at home, it's lunchtime at school, at home, you pull it out, warm it up, and you have your meal. Yeah. And even with the snacks. Just start buying fruits and cutting them up. Put them in a big bowl in the refrigerator. So when your kids are hungry, you want their snacks, you want them to keep having healthy meals. Just have it where it's already chopped up, already created. It's so much easier for them to go in there and grab a handful and you too as a parent because that'll be your snack instead of, I'm going to get these chips or I'm going to get this wrapper with this candy and mm-hmm. I just need something quick. You have to create, recreate your space. So yes. being proactive with your meals, doubling up your meals so you have a, something the next day. But also bringing in those snacks and those fruits that you know that your family gonna can graze on, so you are healthy snacking during the day. And to me, you would think that's not hard, and it takes away that level of pressure because now you have to deal with, you know, making sure your kids eat. Okay, now I'm gaining weight. Okay, now I'm frustrated. I can't think clear. You know, 
all these things can be eliminated if we just get a little bit more strategic and nutrition in, in this new space. And those are just two quick, easy ways to kind of implement something for those parents that are trying to juggle it all. See, and that's what I just wanted to make sure that I added because, like I said, it'll be, you know, even just for, like, my basic problems, like, at least I can just kind of, like, figure things out. But I can only... Like, not that it's a bad thing necessarily, but my heart does go out to people like parents right now, especially during this pandemic, who are trying to balance everything, love themselves, you know, show that love to their kids. I'm sure it's it's crazy right now with the Zoom virtual world. Like I have one of my friends is a mom and she was cracking me up because she has a son who's six. And she's like, oh my God, I haven't had any time to myself because of um, like... Like, you know, he keeps getting logged off of Zoom just because, <laughs> like, I know this has nothing to do with being a dietitian, but I just wanted to share. Don't worry, it's people real. understand. It's a real thing that's happening right now. So that's why I was like, Rashonda, you're a parent. You've raised a son. Why don't you explain what needs to be yeah. done right now? So, but it's just, and I, you know, if anybody's listening or watching, like, we're all trying to navigate, you know, during this time too. And that's why I just think it's so enlightening to talk to somebody like you because you're clearly intelligent. You're a good person. You love what you do. And like the fact that you're passing that on to other people and people love, like me especially, who like love that response. Like I'm just so happy to like be a part of your life. And Aww. I'm just so happy that Vice you're versa. doing things. Like this is great. Yes. But um, speaking of being part of my life, you know, you've been, a lot of people who listen to this usually are like either comedians or the entertainment industry. Okay. And you've been dragged to a lot of comedy shows. I have. <laughs> Seen a handful. Seen a handful. I was about to say, what do you think of the St. Louis comedy circuit here? I mean, honestly, so this just give you transparency. I've never really just been to comedy shows yeah. like that, you know, but it really has opened up my eyes to like, being able to appreciate different types of humor because humor to me is it's, it's reality because they're telling they're telling stories yes and the story that you can only laugh at but there's, there's so much truth to it so it, it's a combination of being truthful and telling stories there's art because all about your your the way you're delivering it you know and I mean even in the professional realm of it all we see as the audience is that people are just kind of laughing at jokes but you as the comedians are having the time what you say you know recognize when to bring in a joke when to pull it back and mm-hmm. seeing when the crowd is not really respond like it's so many different things happening that we don't see. Yes. And so me, you know, being more closely to the comedy, com- comedy world, it just kind of helps me see that professionalism, that art in it. It helps me to appreciate it. So when I watch improv or watch, you know, something on television or watch a movie, like I, I kind of, not saying I get it because I really don't get it, get it yet, but I can appreciate mm-hmm. it a little bit more and I can appreciate different forms of humor because of that. Yes. Well, that's what I was about to say because that's, I mean, that's how we met. And I was like, I wonder what Rashonda thinks now that she's seeing everything happen behind the scenes. Like there's like sometimes where we would be at a bar and Rashonda comes in. And I'm like, oh, hey, I'm just looking at my notes, <laughs> just trying to like get yeah. all this down. And I was like, I bet you now she watches a comedy special and she's like, oh my God, there's so much that goes into this. And it's yeah. a grind. Mm-hmm. Oh, it 100%. is a grind. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you have to, it's just kind of like, like, it's not easy being a dietitian because no one's ran up to you saying, hey, help me eat healthy, help me to lose weight, right? It's not easy, it's not easy being a comedian because you have to take everything that comes with it, you know, going different places, you know, practicing on different people and trying jokes out, like, it's a grind, yeah. you know? And so to me, like, you really, really, really have to really have a passion for it to just work at it, work at it, work at it. Because it's something you want to do this for a reason. Like, you asked me why do you want to do this? Like, it's a reason why comedy has touched your heart in so many ways. If you got the guts to get up on that stage and try to make somebody laugh. Exactly. And that's, that's pretty commendable. Oh, there we go. <laughs> hey, any comedians who feel like they're struggling right now, we got the guts to go on stage. <laughs> yep, Rashonda has given us the validation. But like, we need more. So come to every show now. We've got the validation. This is great. <laughs> I love it. But no, I that's great that you see it that way, for sure. Because, you know, there is definitely, you know, a grind to it and a hustle to it. And it... You know, there's a, I don't know if you've met Rafe Williams or you've seen him. Oh, yeah, you've seen him perform. He's got a great phrase where it's just like being a comedian, it's like one of the most fun jobs in the world, but one of the hardest as well. And you really have to put in your 10,000 hours to be a part of it. They showed you the breadth of it. Like not a few hours, 10, it's hours. It's that grind part. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of work that's done underneath. When you see these, um, comedians that are like more the celebrity popular ones sure. if you knew their story like wow like you wouldn't want to wish that story on anyone else but 
that's what that's how that's how deep they are into it, how much they want it that they went through all that to create whatever end product that came from it. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, it's, it's ten thousand hours. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably an understatement. Yeah. No, exactly. Sure it's true. But that's like bringing it back to you is that I feel like that's kind of what you're doing with all of your endeavors. Like you're putting your own ten thousand hours in into reaching out to people writing books, doing podcasting. Like, I feel like it, like, you know, you look at Rashonda's website and like, sure, she's done like Fox 2, TEDx, all these things, but it's just like what you talked about. Like there was so much like getting your degrees, like learning, transition, like moving different cities, like that made you to where you are today. And I'm sure it wasn't an easy road, but at the same time, like, look how much you've gained and how much you've earned from your hard work. So yeah. I was about to say, I'm sure you just, like, really appreciate now, like you were saying earlier, that you can just kind of coast and be like, worked my ass off, and now yeah. here I am. <laughs> so I get it. You know, I get I, I That's why I can appreciate, um, you know, any profession where you have to figure it out on your own, and you got to make a lot of mistakes, and you got to put yourself out there, and you got to repeat, reload, go back, repeat reload go back like you gotta keep like flushing it out until you get it right but it's a reason why you're doing that and it's not because of the money Mm -hmm. because you don't you're not getting money at the beginning part of so yeah because you're gonna rich no Mm -hmm. you have it's something that's driving you but what it does molly i really feel like comedians what i do for a living like it just represents who you are yes because you cannot disconnect to who you are so you you can't help but be in it and that's why you're excited every time you go on stage you get antsy when you get ready or you what makes your heart sing is when you have that laugh that you saw the lady she wasn't even laughing the whole time then she cracked a smile right, right? so yeah. it's like that's what makes your heart sing like that's why you're in it you mm-hmm. know so i get i get like the work behind it and it's important and whatever you do in life you know this is i say this all the time um, it's two most important things that happens in your life. Two most important things. The moment you're born mm-hmm. and the moment you know what you're born to do. Oh. Because when you know what you're born to do, I get all emotional with it. Oh, part. my God. So I'm you, a little emotional. When you, know, when you know exactly what you're supposed to do on this earth, nothing can stop you. Nothing can slow you down and tell you that you can't do it because you're in your stuff. And when mm-hmm. you're in your stuff, you just blossom because it's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. It's amazing when you're like doing what you're supposed to do. And it's just, like I said, like that hard work goes into it. But then all of a sudden, like suddenly things come easy and you're like, oh, it flows. I just had to do all this stuff. And it's like, you know, there's dirt, certain days where you're just like shaking your head. And I'm sure you're like, you probably question, what am I doing? Oh my God. I say that all the time now, especially like, (laughs) this will just make you laugh for a second. So at my day job today, I was confirming a, I sell apartments for a living and I, was laughing because I was trying to confirm an appointment for this girl and I sent her the wrong date the first time. (laughs) And then I took just a number off and sent it again and realized that October 3rd was last week. So then I was like, hello, Ashley, one more time. Like, and I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Like why? And I turned to my boss. I was like, I am just a hot mess. And he was so cool about it. He's like, it's fine. You know, if she comes, that's great. I was like, well, she didn't come. I wouldn't blame her. You know, I get it. But, you know, you just kind of have to, why I bring something so silly like that up is you do have to laugh at those moments because like there's many times where I'm like, oh, like I'm doing my day job so I can do what I want, all these things. But then like, you know, then you're sitting here with somebody like Rashonda Thornton and you're like, okay, this is why I'm doing it. So Uh. I sent like three emails to do this correctly. (laughs) And at the end of the day, it all comes together eventually. And I feel like that's probably how it came. And you just eventually better your vessel. Keep This there is a go. great name for a company. I'm so excited about this well, now. Glad you, glad you know what it means and how, why it makes sense. Yes. You know, that just gives you kind of like the premise of what I do and why I do what I do. Yes, exactly. And now I feel like I'm going to, like how you, were, I, how you were already giving me advice about curating, like, how, you know, my lifestyle to me, I feel like that's going to go into my practice now. Like and when I wake up in the morning, and that's another thing too, you were saying, like, I get a little emotional about this. Like sometimes we take some things for granted where just even like waking up in the morning, you're hmm. like, I woke up. Like it's some people didn't, you know, and that that's what's so great. And I think that's what I'm going to do is like, I'm going to wake up and I'm sure I'm sure I'm going to have days where I'm going to be like, I didn't better anything. Like I just, <laughs> I feel, but I think that's something I'm going to incorporate into my practice for sure. Yeah. So thank you for that. Welcome. Figure out what works for you. Figure out what you works for you. Absolutely. Yes. Well, the last question I'll ask you before we end this out is, you know, you've been consulting people for a while. Like I said, you've got quite a resume 
Is there something memorable in your career that just like, you know, really touched you? Like, did you have a certain talk that you gave or did you bond with a certain like um, colleague? Was there just a certain story that meant a lot to you during your career? Um, I'll give you this kind of a, it's one that was recent, Mm -hmm. um, which is huge because let's say this particular client, um, So this particular client came to me about three years ago, severely overweight and um, was desperate, had diabetes with cancer, had diabetes. He came to me, you know, 100 pounds overweight and came to me because he was fearful of his life. Fast forward three years later, that just shows you how long it takes to change sometimes. This person has been diligent about rearranging and learning how to eat that's best for his health combating the cancer down where his diabetes are like completely controlled working out and he'll send me just a text just saying you know how good he's feeling and what he's done now is take this what I've taught him on to another level to where he's researching about health he's he's taking control of his health so what I'm saying is that it shows me that you know, the work you do with a person, you help set their foundation, you allow them to blossom from that. And that's what makes me smile that knows I'm doing the right thing. But he also, um, I kind of lost train of thought there, but this is the mo- it's like the most important part. Um, so uh, I lost it. But, that's right. But he, um, uh, it'll come back. Um, this mm. is casually Molly for a reason. We have to casually talk things yeah. out and then eventually we get what to our point. What was so. it? <laughs> okay, so yeah, so the weight, had the, he has continuously lost the weight and he found his own path. Um, but what he's done, what he's done is over time is what I, I've seen him just manifest into the person he wants to be. Here's here, he came back. So when I first told you that he came to me desperate, scared, out of fear for his life, to where he couldn't sleep at night. He's so scared about his cancer. and We changed all that. So his choices of eating healthy is not out of fear anymore. It's not out of fear. He makes healthy choices now out of love, mm-hmm. love for himself. Yes. So my point is saying a lot of times we want to, you know, we, we want to scramble and eat healthy because we, we're scared of our health. We're scared that it's going to take us down another path. So we, we're making choices out of fear. Mm-hmm. Nutrition, health is about making choice out of love, love for yourself. And when you make choice out of love, you take the time to chop up those vegetables. You take the time to go broil that fish versus getting some fried fish. You take the time to make sure that you're taking in the moment of eating healthy food because you are making choices out of love. Exactly. And that's the biggest difference between a diet and nutrition. And that was reflected in my client. I love that. What a great story to end out on. Like, I feel like that's what I'm going to do now when I go and cut up some vegetables. I'm going to be like, I am doing this out of love. I'm going to love these peppers and I'm going to love this broccoli. But she's like, and then eventually I think if I talk myself into it, I will. But Just no. make a choice out of love, not out of fear of weight gain. Exactly. Just make out of love and that shifts your way and your reason why you're making healthy choices. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing yes, that. That was welcome. awesome. I'm glad we guys talked it out so I can get that out. Oh, no. Trust me. I <laughs> like... It's there. It's there. It's just giving time to come back. Well, because like, especially sometimes when something really means a lot to you, it's hard to always put it in words because you're like, I feel it. It's there. I know what I want. Like, and you're like, doesn't everybody else, like I'm sure everybody else in the room feels this way. And I say everybody else, just the two other people that are in here. <laughs> that have to help us run We don't have an audience, guys. No There's the audience. But anybody else that like was listening to or watching, like we, we've all been there. It's just like what we talked about comedy. Like sometimes people are like, just like when people come up to comedians, they're like, tell us your favorite joke or something that you like to tell people. And you're like, uh, you know nothing. <laughs> this is just a, it's a hard thing to express because you have to be in the moment just like how you were in the story. So, yeah. But speaking of sharing things, why don't you, tell us a little bit for anybody that listened to this episode they're like cool love Rashonda want to be bettering my vessel here mm-hmm. how can we do that where can we look and find yep. you it mm-hmm. all depends on where you're at and what, what you want yes. so if you just want to like have some feel good nuggets so just learning how to think differently just real small inserts you go to Instagram at the 
dietitian against diet and you'll see my small little sayings and topics that will give you just some mindset things to think about if you want to dig a little bit deeper um, definitely go to my website and I have so what I do for a living I speak I work with groups um, I work with people individually one-on-one so go to www.rashondathornton.com that's r-e-s-h-a-u-n-d as in dog a T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N dot com. Um, I have a couple events coming up. I have a cooking and cocktails event that'll be happening on the 21st of October. You'll see on Facebook Live. And I also have my virtual um, Play to Win workshop that you can sign up for. You go to my go to Facebook at Rashonda of Better Vessel. You'll find that, you know, kind of the updates. So just follow me. Um, go to my website, learn about some different things I'm doing. And also, if you want to sign up for newsletters, you can sign up through my website as well. And that way you also get information to kind of keep your abreast of what's happening. Nice. All right. So everybody do all of this. <laughs> so no, I, I, I mean, I already checked off one. I follow you on Instagram and I looked at your website. So it's all good. Yep. Uh, for those of you who are a fan of the podcast, you already are subscribing and I appreciate that. And I know there's been so much good support from the podcast. So thank you to everybody. For those of you who are a little bit newer to it, just please casually subscribe, whether on audio, video, Facebook, you name it make it happen. Leave us a review if you want. Just let us know like what episodes you liked and maybe we'll just keep scheduling cool people back. So, <laughs> well, Rashonda, what we ask is at the end of the, each episode, what are you going to casually do now with the rest of your night? Well, I'll let you have a wild guess. It has something to do with chopping, cooking, and eating. All right. <laughs> Same, actually. Yep. So this is going to be great. Well, we're going to casually go do that, but everybody have a great rest of your night and uh, stay safe. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>